So what are you going to do one day um, when the lights turn off and they don't turn back on? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. When the lights go down in the city And the sun shines on the bed Ooh, I want to be there, yeah, in my city Oh, 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 oh. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm Bob Bierman. Well, today, as many of you may already know, my wife and I are traveling to our home in Florida. We will be there for an extended period of time, have some family matters, ministry matters to take care of, a wedding to perform, a grandchild to see that I haven't seen yet, and I'm just excited about this this time ahead. Today on the program, I'm welcoming a good friend, Jim Calhoun. Now, Jim and his wife have learned to live off the grid. And many of us really don't understand how to do that, especially those that live in the city. And I'm thinking in terms of if you lived in New York or San Francisco and you're there looking at the beautiful scenery at sunset, what would happen if the lights went off? And what would you do if they didn't come back on? And we're not talking for 15 minutes or an hour. We're talking for days or weeks. I'm always amazed that the people wanting the Green New Deal talk about electric cars that we plug into charge. Electric trucks to plug in. Do you have any idea of how much electricity it would take to charge up a truck if it was fully battery operated? More than a pile of homes in your neighborhood, many times more. You're talking millions of watts of power. And currently, our grid can barely handle the power we're asking it to do. Yet we want to add more cars, but they don't want to add infrastructure. I'm afraid some parts of the country are going to see more brownouts and more blackouts. Are you ready for those kind of days that could be coming sooner than later? My mother once thought that back in 1965, I think it was, the great blackout of the Northeast, she thought I did it plugging in my HO uh, car racing set. She had asked me to wait till my dad got home, and when I turned it on, the lights went off, and she realized not just in the house, but down the street. To the day she died, she really thought that I had caused the great blackout. But I didn't. But a blackout could be coming, and how would you handle it? So let's turn the program over to our good friend, Jim Calhoun, and and get some ideas. Thanks, Bob. I'm really glad to be back at the microphone talking to the wonderful audience of Truth to Ponder. I have quite a show for you today because we're going to be exploring some possibilities of going off-grid, whether you want to or not. There's quite a few people that are new listeners to Truth to Ponder who may not know anything about me, so I'm going to briefly tell you a little bit about myself. I live out on a farm in central Nebraska, and I'm an active farmer. I have some cows, and I harvest hay, and I've been a professional musician since the 1970s. Now, the professional musician part kind of went away with 2020, because all my contracts got canceled, and I was deemed unessential. The business that I grew from 1977 until 2020 kind of went away on me, and I'm sure there's listeners out there that can relate. 
But I'm concentrating on two things right now, and that is my farming and also broadcasting. And I want to tell everybody that I've been off-grid for almost 10 years. In fact, this show is coming to you from the Harmony Barn studio, which is in a livestock barn that I have on the farm. All the power that's used to create this show and get it to you is solar. I do everything off-grid. All my power tools, my welding, everything it takes to keep a farm running, I do it off-grid. And just a side note, I was in a horrible car accident, and I broke many, many bones. And I was almost a total invalid for two years. I was never supposed to walk, and I was never supposed to work again. And I'm very blessed that God has spared me. He's taken me from being what I would consider bedridden to almost fully functional. And so the power of prayer is the only reason I'm here talking to you today. And it's given me such a faith that God does have compassion. God does watch after his children. And my faith has grown tremendously since that moment that my life was changed in an automobile accident. And so anything is possible. You have to take any preconceived notion of something not being possible to where it can be possible. And you have to take any situation that could be bad and make it the best you can. The old saying goes, if life hands you lemons, make lemonade. And that is very true. That's enough about me. And so I'm going to get on to my topic of what if world events force us all to be off-grid. The first half of the show, we're going to talk about the likeliness, or let's say the percentages, that we might see some major power outages in large-scale regions of the world. The second half of this show, I'm going to be talking all about what to do if the power goes out. But know that I'm heading this show in a very positive direction. We all have to understand, we would not be here if God didn't love us. We would not be here if God didn't create us. The earth wouldn't be here if God hadn't created the earth. And all of the things that he created for us on this earth are still here. Some of the knowledge has been lost to antiquity. Some of it has been suppressed. Some of it's right in plain sight but yet we don't listen. So as Christians, we have to learn to open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds, not to tyrants, not to edicts of fake vaccines and, and horrible medical practices. No, but open them to God and God's plan for all of us here on this earth. Now I'm going to get into the bad part of the show. This, I'm going to be talking about what if. Well, we all know that Joe Biden, who I don't think is legitimately elected, I think that a lot of fraud got him where he's at. I think he's been a man of fraud for a long time. I remember when he ran for president back, I think it was 1992, if my memory serves me right. He didn't even use his own bio when he was telling people about himself. He was reading a bio of somebody from the U.K., and he said he graduated at the top of his class, which he didn't. And he said he graduated with several degrees, which he didn't. So the man's corrupt. He's a liar. And unfortunately, through all the shenanigans, he's in charge. 
Can you believe this? This senile old man who's corrupt is the best we have in the free world? Are you kidding me? This evil man, and yes, he's evil. Anybody that lies like he does, as easy as he does, he's of his father, the father of the lie. People would hesitate to maybe call him satanic, but just look at his actions and then you can judge for yourself. But we have a senile old man at the top. We have a run amok, what I'm going to consider a shadow government, people that are unelected, unaccounted for, that are making policy decisions. And now you have the government using corporations to be their quote-unquote policemen. And so corporations are demanding masks and corporations are demanding vaccines and corporations are demanding this and that. Well, I didn't vote for a corporation and I don't support the big corporations. I shop small. I shop small town stores and people I know. And I don't shop Amazon. I don't shop Walmart. I don't do any of those. I wouldn't do any of them because there's alternatives. You might say, well, I have to look too hard to find them. Well, you might have to look a little while to find them, but once you find them, you'll be glad you did. I know the world is really crazy right now, and you don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to be a natural disaster? Are we going to have a solar event that's going to disrupt the internet and all the power supply? Is it going to be a man-made disaster like a bomb or a war? Or could it be a tyrant that's signing an executive order that's against we the people? You never know. Right now, the people who are in charge of the world, as far as who they call the quote-unquote elites, who are nothing elite about them, they're all reprobates. They all have the reprobate mind. At least all of them I've seen. You know, show me one that doesn't, and I'll, I'll correct that statement. But it seems like we have so many things going on, and then you have the natural disasters, floods, tsunamis, Hurricanes, tornadoes, fires, ice storms, wind storms, all sorts of things that can hurt the grid. Almost all of us have experienced being off the grid for a week, a day, an hour. From time to time, the grid does fail, but it only fails in really small areas, and the technicians get it up and running pretty quick. And so we don't seem to ever be off the grid for very long. Matter of fact, most of us, when we're off the grid, the first thing we think about is the items in our freezer going bad. And then maybe it's pumping water, cooking food, and things like that. But generally, the main focus is on food preservation and keeping warm. Those are the two biggies. But what would happen if the grid goes down for much longer, a month, six months, a year, You might be saying, wow, you know, that can't happen. Well, I'm here to tell you today that it can happen because the world is unstable right now. And during unstable times, unstable people do unstable things. And all you have to do is watch the news, listen to what the quote unquote elites are saying and the politicians and the craziness, just absolute madness. Well, think about it. There are drugs that do help the symptoms of COVID and help save lives, but yet they're banned. You can't talk about them. Doctors won't talk about them. 
I just heard a lady yesterday was telling her doctor how ivermectin saved her life and the doctor hung up on her. She called back and said, why did you hang up? And she said, because you used a non-approved drug and hung up on her again. Wow. Our medical profession is no longer practicing medical science, it seems. They're practicing political science. I'm not worried about this at all because I have hope and I have faith. I realize that God is in control of everything all the time. And it doesn't matter what us measly men and women on this planet do. God's in control. And so when I talk about a disaster, such as the power grid going down for months or long periods of time, know that I also know that we're going to get through it. And what this show is going to be about is trying to wake some people up to the possibility that something really bad can happen to Christians and the general population. But we're already seeing Christians are being singled out. They've been singled out for years, actually for generations, eons. But we've never been singled out in the Western world as we are now. And it seems like the word Christian, the word Christ, the word God, is mocked and scoffed at by all of the quote-unquote elites and the late-night talk shows and the news media and all these people. They're doing their best to depress us, make us feel like we're alone, make us feel like we've already been beaten. They're trying to control us through sadness, through apprehension, through fear, through all sorts of emotions that run deep down to the core of your being. They've studied how to do this. They're using proven tactics of how to get to the human psyche. And right now, we the people in the United States are being suppressed, censored, trying to get in this feeling of mass depression and hopelessness. A Christian should always have hope. And I know that that's easy to say, hard to do. But just think about it. God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. And God created us, and he created us to live on this planet. I feel that lots of prophecy is being fulfilled right now in my lifetime. And if you feel that way, you have to look at the Bible and see what the Bible says is coming. And what's described in the Bible is absolutely horrible. I'm not saying that it's going to happen now. But if you believe the Bible, you know it's going to happen. And I do believe the Bible. So if the Bible says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Now, I'm not here trying to predict when that's going to happen. But God has put it on my heart to try to prepare people to at least entertain the possibility they might have to suffer some things they don't want to suffer through. And if my feelings are justified, there's going to be lots of people experiencing at least discomfort, if not a downright threat to their life. And we all need water. We all need food. We all need shelter. There's things that we need. But for the last several generations, we haven't emphasized the knowledge, or the skill set to be able to rely on what should be a natural instinct for us to do 
common sense things to get through a crisis. Now, our grandparents and our great-grandparents would have no trouble with this. They wouldn't like it at all, but they'd make do, because they went through some hard times themselves, and they made do. What are the chances that we're going to be going off-grid? Well, due to a natural disaster, 100%. But, going off-grid for an hour, 10 minutes, a day, a week, probably no longer than two weeks, even in the most horrible natural disaster, they can bring in power generators and do all sorts of things with electricity to get it up pretty quick. And so, natural disaster doesn't bother me, because I know that we're on top of that, the power company's on top of that. The governments are on top of that. We have protocols. We have systems in place for that. But if an atomic bomb should fall or an EMP bomb exploded up in the air or a tyrant that just wants to quote-unquote get even signs an executive order against a group of people, now don't say it can't happen. I'm sure that the Jewish people in Germany said it couldn't happen to them either. And so, do I think that we're going to have a natural disaster that's going to knock us off grid? From time to time, yes, I do. But what about the other? What about the big one? The one that knocks us off grid for a long period of time? I don't think that's near as likely. And I'm not coming on this show and telling you, yes, it's going to happen. Because I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. But that's the point. We on Earth don't know what's going to happen. So if we have it in our mind of what to do with our headspace, what to do with our actions, what, how to handle adversity such as the grid going down, if we have a mental picture of how to handle that, if it happens, I'm not saying when, if it happens, then you'll be equipped to do things that you probably don't even know that you know how to do. Mankind is very stubborn, very resilient. You know, in lots of ways, we're pretty tough. And the old saying goes, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But it's all going to start with a mindset. I'm not going to ask people to go out and get very extreme with getting ready for a great big horrible event coming. Because I think that can be overblown as well. I think we should always be ready for an event, whether a tornado, an ice storm, a flood, what have you. I think we should always be ready to have plan B for a certain situation. Now, with the world and the way it is right now, with the tyrants and the police running amok in certain countries and the shutting down of pipelines, and just yesterday I heard about somebody in the New Yorker magazine was trying to talk a lot of people into sabotaging our power supplies and bombing pipelines worldwide. And we all saw what happened when the pipeline from Texas to the East Coast went down when they did the computer hack. Well, think of that times a hundred or a thousand. All of our gas will be gone. Everything will be gone. Think of all the millions of people on this planet a lot of them are children of their father, Satan. Whether they're in government, politics of any type, 
or in business or head of a corporation or a medical person or whatever. They're out there. And all it would take is one or two events or one big event to knock us off grid indefinitely. And by indefinitely would mean that situation is so bad that nobody's even trying to fix the problem yet. They're just trying to survive themselves. If we say, well, there'll never be a nuclear war. Well, you can't ever say never. The Titanic was never going to sink. So do I say it's going to happen? No. But is there a possibility it could happen? Yes. And I think the part of the Bible that says, my people perish for lack of knowledge, applies here. I think that people should look at the world in the condition it's in, not the condition they want it in. And know that it's unstable. And when things are unstable, you have to do things to keep your own life stable. So, do I think there's a chance that we're going to go off-grid with a man-made disaster? Well, looking at the AOCs and looking at the Joe Bidens and the Kamala Harrises and the the what's happening in Australia and the, the clown they have up there in Canada, one of these nuts is bound to do something really, really stupid because I don't think there's a lot of intelligence in this group of people. And there certainly is not any wisdom from God in these people. And so, if I would have to say I'd have to lean one way or another, I'd lean towards their stupidity doing something stupid enough to endanger us all. And the Bible makes it very clear that Christians are going to be hated and are going to be considered the enemy And lots of bad things are going to happen during the end times. Am I saying this is the end times? No, I'm not. I don't know. But see, that's the thing. I don't know. I wish I knew that it was or wasn't, but I don't, and neither do you. And so we can either put our trust in the Bible and what the Bible says is going to happen and what the Bible says for us to do. We can put our faith in Almighty God We can trust in Jesus. We can go that direction. We're all going to be okay. Now, is he going to lift us up out of here? No. We're going to have lots of trials and times of tribulation. Because I believe Bob is right. The Bible never says that we're going to be lifted off out of here. And he didn't lift out anybody from the jaws of the lions back when the Romans were having sport in the Colosseum. And so what makes us think we're so special, God's just going to whisk us out of here, I don't know. I think it's a really good plan to prepare for one of the retrobate minds to do something evil or a natural disaster that is unprecedented. Will it happen? I hope not. I pray it doesn't. But if it does happen, then I've done my job of waking a few people up to the possibility that things can go bad really quick and also the possibility that they do not have to panic, that with a clear head and faith in God, they can make it through. What really strikes me as being very sad about this whole situation that we're in worldwide is I truly feel that it doesn't have to happen. We have reprobates that are power-hungry. We have 
people who are just evil, murdering babies in the womb. And it just doesn't seem to me that there's a lot of sanity out there. I'm not trying to peddle fear. I really am not trying to do that. But I think we all feel it. There's something in the air. There's something there that's like an ominous dark cloud. I feel it. I don't know if you feel it, but I imagine most of us do. And sometimes it's hard to wake up in the morning and have a great attitude and say, wow, I'm going to go have a great day. Because you know that worldwide, tyrants are just running amok. I have to admit, when I watch the videos from Australia, it makes me just almost physically ill. What they're doing to those poor people that just want to go outside for a walk. It's just absolutely insane. And I'm also seeing that in Canada. I watched a video of a lady who was out with her children, and they asked her for her vaccine passport. She didn't have it. So right in front of her small children, the police strong-armed her and arrested her and hauled her away. What kind of a world do we want to live in? Do we want to live in that world? No, we don't. So I think as Christians... We need to stand up, and we need to, as the term goes, man up, and not hide behind our faith, but use our faith. I think we need to put on the full armor of God. I think we should go out and be a light to the world. As Christians, we seem to claim we have some answers. Well, it's time we start sharing those truths and those answers with a suffering world right now. I do my best every day to get something done with the broadcasting. I make strides every day in my farming operation. But yet, no matter how involved I get with what I'm personally doing, I still feel this cloud. It's just always there. It's hanging there. And it's been there for quite a while, but Right now, it's very dark. It's very evil. And I really do feel that we on this earth are experiencing what the people felt in the late 1930s prior to World War II. I'm not saying there's going to be a world war, but I'm saying that the dark cloud that we feel is probably very similar to what our parents and grandparents felt back in the 1930s. I just want everybody to know that there are people out here who care. Bob Bierman cares. That's why he has truth to ponder. I care. That's why I'm doing this broadcast right now. People who care. People who are going to tell the truth. And people who will give something of themselves for their fellow man are the ones that you need to gravitate towards. You need to stay away from the CNNs of the world. And I'm going to say even Fox News. I don't watch them at all because I think they're CNN light. Stay away from all these talking heads and people who are paid to say what they say. We're not paid to say what we say. We say what's on our heart. 
and we also have the best interest of our audience in mind. That is why we consider ourselves the new media, because the old media is corrupt. And I think it's corrupt beyond fixing. I vision that things are going to get really rough. I really do feel that deep down. I don't know that they're going to do that, but I feel it. But God has put it on my heart to share with everyone what knowledge he's given me and what wisdom he's giving me as far as being able to survive situations. And I really appreciate that I have the opportunity to share this with you. In the second half of the show, I'm going to be talking about ways to survive and thrive in a world gone mad if we all get knocked off grid. It looks like we're heading into a break. And so we're going to be back with part two to Truth to Ponder right after this. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The Goliath blessing coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now remember Goliath, he was massive, he was a terror, he was terrorizing God's people. A massive problem, a horrible situation, a deadly, deadly threat. And yet Goliath, now think about it, existed for good. He existed even for the good of David. It was through Goliath that David and Israel saw the power of God. It was through Goliath that David came to perhaps his greatest hour. It was through Goliath that he was lifted ultimately to the throne of Israel. Goliath, now listen, existed for good. So in the book of Acts, the believers also knew Goliath's, Goliath's problems. I mean, a lot of problems in the book of Acts. Godless men, persecution, imprisonment, killing. Yet through persecution, they became what they were supposed to become. They spread the word. They went forth. They became pure, strong, victorious, miraculous. It was through Goliath that David was challenged to become what he was meant to become. And through Goliath's problems that God's people in Acts were challenged to become what they were supposed to become. And it is through Goliath that you become what you're to become. It is through Goliath's problems, your big problem, that problem, well, listen, it's, it's, you got a Goliath problem, it's more than that. Then you have a Goliath blessing waiting. Not a Goliath problem, it's a Goliath challenge to rise and become who you are supposed to become. Without that challenge, you won't become. You see, you won't rise because that blessing is bigger than Goliath. Don't run from your Goliath or complain about it. Do what David did. Run to it. Rise to the challenge. Rise in courage. Rise in faith. Rise in his power. And your Goliath problem will become your Goliath blessing. Want more? Ask for Upside Down Day. The free gift for you. The most incredible. The mystery of the temple doors and sapphires guaranteed to give you the power of living a victorious life in God. All free. How do you get this completely free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. My friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. So I invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of the world. Fulfill your calling, salvation to five continents with over a billion people. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you'll have a great part in the end time harvest. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. It's right to the nice Jewish boy box, 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, you got a Goliath blessing waiting for you, my friend, in Messiah, Adon Olam, the Lord 
of all. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Hey, welcome back to the second half of the show. I'm Jim Calhoun, sitting in for Bob Bierman, and I'm really happy to be able to get to host the show from time to time because it gives Bob a break. But I got to be honest, I'm just like you folks. I can't wait to hear Bob Bierman's next show. Truth to Ponder is an awesome, awesome show. Better than that, it's a fantastic ministry. I know that you find truth here. I know that Bob has a servant's heart and his pastor's heart shows through his words. Bob really truly cares not only for his God and his family and his country, but his listeners. And when I'm not hosting this show, I'm listening to Bob Bierman. And I'm going to ask everybody to help Bob Bierman grow his ministry. You can support him financially and help him out. But the way that I'm going to ask you to help is through word of mouth advertising. Bob doesn't have any budget to advertise his show. He doesn't have a staff. He doesn't have a group of people. It's Bob Bierman and Truth to Ponder. That's what you get. And when I sit in and help him out and give him a day off so he can work on some other projects, such as growing Truth to Ponder, which is what he's doing, then that's the only help Bob Bierman gets. But I do know that we all can help Truth to Ponder grow. And it needs to grow because it's telling the truth. It's more than a news program. It's more than an opinion program. It's a ministry. It's a ministry that promotes truth. A ministry that has such high integrity. A ministry that needs to be supported. Now, if you can't send anything in, that's okay. We want you to listen anyway. But I will ask you to do this. Spread the word. Tell people about Truth to Ponder. Let's grow this audience because the information that you get from Bob Bierman on this show, as well as Bob's heartfelt opinions and his wisdom, needs to be spread everywhere. So I will ask you to please visit Bob's website, bookmark it and save it, and help spread the word about Truth to Ponder. I do appreciate it. Okay, the second half of the show, we're going to talk about good things. I've got to say that we have to take any fear that we have and replace it with faith. Anytime that you feel alone, depressed, hopeless, know that you're not alone. You might be feeling depressed. Do your best to stand up against these feelings of depression or hopelessness or fear because... You have to know, when it comes right down to the nuts and bolts of everything, when you strip away everything, God loves you, God made you, and God made this planet for you to live on. No matter what anybody says, you're not a useless eater. You don't have a carbon footprint. You're not ruining the planet. You are one of God's creations. And hopefully you know God, hopefully you know Jesus, and you're a child of God. But I see that they're trying to corrupt the churches and everything right now to try to change what that means. But it means faith. So first and foremost, replace your fear with faith. And if you don't have that much faith, it's time to start building the faith 
even if it's just as simple as going for a walk and gazing out over the countryside or looking at the stars or the clouds and knowing that God made this wonderful place and he made you to live in it. Has nothing to do with a fake vaccine, has nothing to do with an illegitimate president, has nothing to do with the crazy tyrants in all of government, in Australia and Canada and UK, United States, everywhere. Everything has to do with God and your relationship with God. God has done his part. He created you and he gave you a wonderful home on this planet we call Earth. Have we squandered some things? Yes, we have. Have we done everything right? No, we haven't. Will we ever? No, we won't, because we're human. But we can strive to do better. We can pray for wisdom. I think that too many times people rely on their own thoughts, their own wisdom, their own way of thinking to get them through things. I think it's time that we use the Lord as our refuge. And I think it's time that we understand that God knows about hard times. He told us they're coming. And so you're not alone. I think the best way to physically survive is to have your spiritual life in order. And we all need food. We all need air. We all need water. We all need sleep. We all need shelter. So I'm going to give you a little information you can tuck away in the back of your mind. You can act on it or not, but at least know that it's there. First of all, if the grid goes down, God did not create the grid. So there's things in nature that God made for us that are everywhere in every area of the planet. Everywhere you look across the countryside, you're looking at a dry goods store, a pharmacy, and also a grocery store. So if you know what to look for, then you can forage for all the vitamins and minerals that you need. A lot of the food that you're going to need, it's there. Everything you need, God has put there. Unfortunately, most people look over at these plants and say, oh, they're weeds, or they're undesirable, or they're something that man didn't plant, so they're no good. Just the opposite is the truth. There are hundreds of edible plants growing in your area. Now this show reaches all over the world, so I can't talk about a specific area, but I can tell you this. If you'll do a study on what the indigenous people of your area and the pioneers, the early people, before electricity, before the internal combustion engine, before all the modern conveniences, look at what in nature they ate. And you'll find that it's still there. But no one's been eating it for years because it's simpler to go to a grocery store and just buy it. But these plants are still there. All of the indigenous people of the planet had ways to keep from getting scurvy and other vitamin deficiency diseases. They knew how to avoid that. They knew what to eat. Those plants are still growing there. So that in itself should be a comfort to you knowing that God has already provided for you Vitamins and minerals. What about actual food? Whether you're a hunter or not, I don't want to get into that. But we all can gather. We all can go out and forage. And yes, there's a lot of edible plants out there. And a lot of them were brought to North America 
from the European pioneers and the pilgrims and the people that came across the ocean, they brought some of their survival plants with them, like dandelions and mallows and a whole bunch of plants. One of the plants that's native to North America is a cattail. And every part of the cattail is either edible or medicinal. It's a super plant. So if you have a lot of cattails in your area, you have a good food source right there. We tend to look at the society that was built for us by the consumer market, by Wall Street, and by the boys on Fifth Avenue who advertise all of these things, that everything that a human needs, a human has to buy. And that's just wrong thinking. God has already provided for us a lot in nature. Same way goes with medicine. Right now we have medical tyranny. I've never seen anything like it. I don't understand it. It it really bothers me. But I do know that the real medicine, medicine that uses plants and products that God made, is a good thing. So I'm hoping that we're going to see a big resurgence of natural, holistic medicine. I think we're starting to find out that Big Pharma doesn't care about us. We're just being farmed by these people. They're using us as a piggy bank, as a cash cow. And so I think we need to turn towards God and what God created. I'm not telling you to go out and pull a bunch of plants and use them, but I'm telling you to have a knowledge of them. You can just tuck it away. If you never have to use it, fine, but at least you'll know. Knowledge is always a good thing, and if you have a knowledge in the back of your mind of what God has created in your area that you can utilize, that's just some more stability that you're putting in your own life and a little more peace of mind. When it comes to emergency power, you can get a square wave inverter real cheap at a truck stop and just use your car battery and run your car. You have electricity. I wouldn't recommend that for long-term use or with expensive electronics because square wave is harsh electricity. You can spend a few more dollars and get a pure sine wave portable inverter and also run it off your car's battery, charge it with your car's engine. But of course, if you run out of gas, that's not going to work. And they sell emergency solar generators that are small little solar units that are quite pricey But they're quiet, they're clean, you can use them discreetly, and they don't need fuel other than sunlight. And if you're in an area that habitually has power outages, I would really look at one of these solar generators. When you're forced off-grid, the first thing lots of people do is panic. And that's the worst thing you can do. Rely on the knowledge that you have, and realize that your ancestors, your grandparents, your great-grandparents... All the way back to the beginning of time have made do without electricity on demand. They made do without Walmart. They made do without all of the big box stores and all of the computers. They didn't need any of that. And we don't need any of that either. That's part of the headspace that we have to get. When you have a catastrophe, your lifestyle changes. It does not have to change for the worst. It does not have to change for the better. It just changes. Let's say that we run out of gasoline and you have to walk two miles to get where you're going. Well, you don't want to walk two miles. That's horribly inconvenient. 
But after you walk the two miles several days or a week, month, you start finding out that you got better wind and you're a little bit trimmer and your muscles are better toned and you feel better. So which lifestyle's better? The convenience of driving two miles in your car or walking those two miles? But just because your lifestyle has changed doesn't mean that it's worse. It's just different. So mentally you have to prepare yourself for a different way of life. Not a bad way of life, not draconian, not suffering, not shivering in the cold in the corner, not any of that stuff. It's just surviving on a different plane, a different playing field. If you can find a small second-hand wood-burning stove and store it away, and store away enough wood to last for a week or two until you can find more wood, and you wouldn't even have to install it unless you needed it, but have it. That'll take care of your heat and your cooking. When it comes to cooking, make sure you have a cast iron skillet and a cast iron pot. You can cook anywhere with cast iron. And when it comes to water, that's the tricky one. Because who knows what can happen to our water supply if the grid goes down. So the time to deal with water is before it happens. And that would be to determine how much water you're going to use in a week. And then store that much water, at least a week's worth of water. I would go a month. If you're going to store water, I'd store it for a month. Because in 30 days, you're going to catch a rain or you're going to find an alternative water place. And also, if you have 30 days, you can help out friends and family who are going to be out of water. Because let's face it, we ran out of water, we're in trouble. So I'd make water a priority. As well as food, I'd get some survival food. And if you can't afford it, get yourself some whole grains, get yourself some corn and wheat, rice, and dry beans. About 50 pounds of each, more if you can. You get awful sick of eating that. If a disaster hits that's really bad, we will not be living to eat anyway. We'll be eating to live. But if you can afford the prepackaged survival food, that's okay too. It's just a matter of what you can afford. And when it comes to communication, satellite phones are something to look at. They're expensive. And if the grid goes down, so goes the satellite phones and especially the cell phones at that point. But battery-operated two-way radios, even a CB radio, they're crude, but at least you can communicate. I had a listener send me an email, and he wanted to know how he could go off-grid in baby steps. And I told him that he should contact someone in his area that's already off-grid and just go visit with them and see what they're doing so he would know exactly what he's getting into, which I recommend for everybody. I've been thinking about this notion of baby steps. You know, if we would take one day a week and shut off all of our electronics, cell phones included, I would say especially your cell phone. Shut it off. Shut your lights off. Shut everything off. And enjoy the company you're with. Light some candles. Grill outdoors. Do everything without electricity. Do everything without mass communication. Do everything as you would as if you didn't have any power. You'll learn some personal ways that you'll really enjoy of being off-grid. You'll discover the joy of barbecue cooking if you don't already do that. 
and you will enjoy candlelight dinners, quiet evenings with no electronic noise, nobody bothering you. You'll have peace. As a matter of fact, I would be willing to bet that a large percentage of people, if they do this, will look forward to that day a week where they shut down and unplug from everything and detox. What that's going to do is be a training ground for you to train you to be off-grid. It'll save you money on electricity because one day a week you're not using your electricity. That adds up. You're likely to discover some things about yourself that you forgot about yourself or never knew. Once we get away from the hustle and bustle and the interruptions of others with constant cell phones and text messages, we can finally be ourselves. I would highly recommend, especially families, make it a fun night. With children, call it your pioneer night. Just have fun with it. You can dress in costume, anything that the children will love and enjoy. And you're training them that if everything should go bad and the grid should fail, that they're going to be okay. Because you're already starting a lifestyle. So that is a great baby step. So I want to thank my listener for talking about baby steps. Because if you are going from the modern world with all the communications and the hustle and the bustle and the everything's fast and quick and instant and boom, 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 rat race is the best way to describe it, to a more sedate life where you're at home and you're reading a book by candlelight, boy, those are two different worlds. But I'm going to tell you what, you can survive in both worlds. And you can learn to survive without the electricity, without all the gizmos and the gadgets. You know that night that you would take with no electricity would be an awesome time for a Bible study. Just to let God be God and enjoy God's creation. So you can have a quiet moment reading the Bible by candlelight. You can make it a beautiful thing once a week. And if you enjoy it a lot, you can do it two or three times a week. Now, I'm not saying that anything's going to be a piece of cake, but I am saying that there are ways around everything. And so I want everyone to have faith. I want them to have hope because all is not lost if your cell phone doesn't work. All is not lost if you can't turn your television on. That just opens a new door, a brand new door that maybe you haven't gone through ever or haven't gone through for a long time. So, I personally recommend that you have a practice night of practicing being off-grid. I think that would be a great way for you to train yourself how to live off the grid if you ever have to. We all know the last couple of years have been really hard on the kids. I see so much fear in the children, it just breaks my heart. And every day, fear is thrown at our children. And we need to throw faith at our children. And that's, that's tough to do when everyone around them is scared. And if you're around the dinner table and you're talking about what's going to happen if, and you have all these scenarios, the kids hear that, that that just adds to their anxiety, adds to their fear. I would suggest this to everybody. And homeschoolers, listen up. You can make a botany class out of discovering which plants are medicinal and edible in your area. You can do history, botany, science. There's lots of things that you can teach and have fun at it. You may never have to harvest one of these plants, may never have to use them, but you can make a class out of it. And to the people that have children that are not homeschooling, 
Just call it a field trip and say it's your new hobby and involve them in the hobby. Get the children involved in not only a fun way, but a constructive way. If you never have to utilize this knowledge or use anything that you've discovered, that's okay. You're still having quality time with those you love, and you can have fun doing it. So everything I would do with the children is I would not make it a game, but I would make it a learning experience. Make it a family event. Once a week, no matter what the weather is, go out and do a nature walk. And a little rabbit trail I'm going to go down, as far as survival is concerned. I've been thinking a lot about the bug out plan, where people have a place they can go that they think is safe. If you have a place of refuge that you're going to, make sure you know the area really well. I wouldn't just say, I'm going to bug out and leave and join the tens of thousands that may be stranded on the highways. That's not where you want to be. So maybe the best thing to do is shelter in place. If you have a destination that's going to be safe for you, that's another story. Because you can have some survival supplies there as well. Just make sure the route that you pick is safe and always have two or three alternative routes that are just as safe. I think the best thing is the shortest distance is a straight line between two points. I would not take the scenic route to my bug out place. And speaking of bug out, there's lots of talk about bug out bags. So what should you have in your bag? Have enough food for a couple of days, some flashlights, batteries, maybe a lighter, a candle or two, extra batteries, a radio, preferably a shortwave radio that has AM and FM also, and anything else that you think can help you survive. And while I'm going down rabbit trails, I'm going to take just a second here and tell everybody they need to have a Faraday cage, which is a tin box, maybe like an ammo box. It's better off with a box within a box. But make sure that you wrap your electronics with tin foil and make sure that they're not grounded to the outside of the tin. So in other words, insulate the inside of the box. Individually wrap anything you want to save in tin foil, put it in a box, and then put it in another box. That's a great Faraday cage. And what you put in there is, I would say, a working laptop with the power supply. And I'd buy a cheap flip phone. I'd store addresses and other information that you can store on like a notepad on one of these cheap phones. You may not be able to make a call out of the phone, but you can still turn it on, and it'll have your information there. That would be like a grab-and-go mini notebook or mini computer that you'd have with you that's going to actually function. Or, if you have an old smartphone that you're not using anymore, that's perfect. Just put the information right on there, put it in your Faraday cage, like I told you, wrap it with tinfoil, and then... If there's a solar event or, let's say, an EMP attack or a nuclear explosion of some sort, then your information will be safe. And the minimal thing that you should do is make a copy of your hard drive of your computers, whether it be on a flash drive or similar storage device, and put that device inside the Faraday cage. And if possible, put a working computer in with it. 
That way you don't lose your precious family photos, your business documents, so forth and so on. You can go to the library and get a book, or you can go online and research a Faraday cage to find out how to build one or to buy one that will suit your needs. In later shows, I'll expound on some of the things I touched on, but there's a lot of things. It's a complex issue. But the main thing is get your head right, get your heart right, replace fear with faith. Those things right there, get your heart right, get your head right, replace your fear with faith, and put your faith in Almighty God. Don't put your faith in mankind. Then you're going to be okay. You're going to survive whatever these people throw at us or whatever nature throws at us. You'll survive. My name is Jim Calhoun, and I want to say thank you again to Bob Bierman for allowing me to sit in again and talk to the wonderful audience of Truth to Ponder. I'm really glad that you found the show Truth to Ponder, and I hope that you'll support it in every way you can. And I have a show that I do. It's called the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. How you find that, you go to my website, www.podpage.com forward slash living hyphen off hyphen grid hyphen show. That's www.podpage.com forward slash living hyphen off hyphen grid hyphen show. And if you want to get a hold of me by email, just send an email to Bob at Truth to Ponder and he'll forward that to me. And then I will answer you off of my email address. But I really appreciate it. Thank you, Bob, for having me again. I really do appreciate it. And I want to tell everyone, keep the faith, keep your head up, stay strong. And again, I have to say thanks, Bob. Actually, Jim, we need to thank you for filling in for me today. Making this trip, we have to get a program or two ahead for the time that we're driving. And I want to thank Jim Calhoun for for filling in for me today to make this trip possible. And tomorrow I have a very special guest. Many of you will recognize who it is. Edward Zoll. You may have seen him on a Godcast, a podcast here and there, video. And he's my guest tomorrow. And what an exciting program it's going to be. And I hope that you'll be there for tomorrow's edition of Truth to Ponder. And then an all-new show for Friday. We'll get you caught up on a lot of news that I know is coming together as we're traveling. If you want to support this ministry, Truth to Ponder, would you consider a gift to pay for the airtime? Now, if you should decide to use a check or a money order, please make it payable to Ancient Word Radio, the parent ministry. That is Ancient Word Radio. And you can mail it to me or Truth to Ponder. And the address now for our duration in Florida is 5753 Highway 85 North, That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth. To ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.